as, as far back as I can remember. I've read books. I had experience when I was 12 um, in what I believe was a haunted house. Well, I believed it at the time, you know, and now I have equipment to actually get checked. But, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, I've always had an interest, and, um, you know, I, I went to Army in 2007 and uh, went to Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, learned how to work on electronics just a little bit. And then when I got out of the Army, I decided to, uh, you know, start tinkering with electronics a little bit more. And I found a good application for my interest in electronics and the paranormal. And, um, yeah, so here we are building ghost boxes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive some of the stuff you shared with me. I'll leave it links in the when we upload this guy so you can kind of see some of his projects and some of the stuff that he's really uh, incorporated out to other investigators. And he actually built stuff directly for uh, specific individuals as well. So I'll leave that information in the description as well, guys. Yeah, that's right. So how did you get into like building those spirit boxes? Uh, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm relatively new to the whole ghost box scene, I guess is what you would call it. Um, there's a lot of people who've been around for a long time, you know, operators and box builders and, um, you know, so it's, it's definitely interesting breaking into the, the scene. Um, so yeah, about two years, actually, I, I really got an interest in it and, and you know electronics is one thing but when you get into radio it's yeah. a little bit more than just electronics so yeah. there's there's a lot to learn and but I think I think some of my best um, best work has come out of not knowing what the hell I was doing so. <laughs> that's usually how the the best inventions are incorporated in the world huh just not knowing yeah <laughs> That's a funny thing. Uh, I know we, we were talking a little bit about your first experience. Could you kind of elaborate a little bit what happened and how uh, you interacted with the spirit when you were 12? Well, I interacted with it by, you know, being scared as hell and <laughs> taking off, running out the place. Yes. But, uh, yeah, now, uh, as far as, like, the actual experience, there was an old abandoned house, and it was close to our house, and I was probably, I was about 12, and, um, so I figured I'd go check it out one day, um, after school, Yeah. and I walked in, looked around the place, I mean, it, it had been left, like, people just took off, bolted in a hurry, and just left everything the way it was, but it had sat there for, I don't know, five years or so, oh, wow. so everything was mildewed and the walls were yeah. falling apart and uh it was just a weird feeling you know yeah and uh but you know when i was 12 it was cool to just run around and do whatever the hell you wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> you know if, if our parents knew what we were doing then you know my mom would have had a heart attack half the time. <laughs> and, and i can't imagine my kids doing the kind of stuff that i did when i was 12 yeah you know? so um but yeah, so I'm wandering around the house. It felt really weird. Um, I decided to leave, and when I decided, as soon as I decided to leave, I turned to walk out, and I saw what I thought was an apparition. It was a, like a dark, like a black 
mass or whatever and yeah. you know you always hear shadow people yeah. uh, i guess you could describe it that way so i uh freaked me out i took off to run out and i had entered through a broken glass sliding door so oh. I, I went out i just jumped right right back out of the hole out of yeah. the sliding door and as i did the glass fell down behind me kind of freaked me out yeah um yeah, so from that point forward, and then, you know, school, uh, I think about, right about the same time, I was in uh, this honors English class, and I hated English, but yeah. uh, I was good at it. So they gave, or they, they made me memorize the uh, parts of the, the, uh, the Raven. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, there were other things that kind of all just kind of happened at the same time the next thing you know and I'm in the library because we didn't have the internet uh, you know yeah. 1992 yeah uh, so uh, yeah I'm in the library reading books and you know because I had to know more about it and so yeah that's basically my experience my first experience okay. uh, so I know you've been working a lot when we were discussing a little bit about your ghost helmet what was the biggest thing that for it to go live? I know you have had one customized. It kind of looks like Iron Man, if you ask me. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. what's the time frame that that you go have it finished, or have you carry really mastered it, or what's the little glitches here and there that that's gonna take well, for it to be? Well, I mean, it's it's still it's still an experiment. You know, it's just I don't believe it'll ever be a, a full a full on like you know completed yeah. device in my opinion until, until uh, nothing is though as far as paranormal investigation equipment goes yeah. until we can use it to uh, to get 100% of the time two way communication uh, in my opinion the equipment that we use will never be complete so um, yeah. yeah it's an ongoing experiment um, yeah I do have a few teams that we work with and they you know i've supplied them with helmets so that they can uh have people on their team serious paranormal researchers only you know there, there's yeah. a disclaimer because there is a potential level of danger with the leds yeah and, you know if you, if you have any kind of like a history of brain um trauma or anything you know the history of epilepsy Anything like that, it could be dangerous. And also the EMF. I mean, it, it is electrical EMF, and yeah. it's a little bit different than like your cell phone. But, yeah. Um, but it's it's no high. The levels that I use in my EM calls is no higher than what you would see used um, in transcranial magnetic stimulation procedures, where they they uh, they use magnetic strong magnetic yeah. fields to influence a person's brain to relieve anxiety or gotcha. or yeah things like that so so you know those levels are much higher than what i'm using um i'm only applying really a total of five volts at max uh output to the coil so um but yeah it, it's it's an ongoing process it's it's um like i said i don't think it'll ever be done and yes you're right iron man is the uh, helmet that I use for the one that I uh, just posted pictures of and yeah. I sent you a few pictures of it yeah. too. Um, that, that belongs to Paranormal Task Force and I was just rewiring the lights and everything. So Amazing. Yeah, the, 
Amazing, man. It looked amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it, it's almost, you know, some people look at it and they just laugh and, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny. And I've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, the, the meme with the picture of uh, the doc from uh, Back to the Future. With oh, me. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty funny, too. But, um, yeah, so, but, but it's, 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 uh, it's actual science. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, putting yeah. a... I found that the, the voice changer helmet was the best thing I could find where everything fit nice and neat where I wanted it. And so, you know, it looks cool. It looks yeah. better than the, the yellow moped helmet that yeah. they used in the original God helmet. So no, it works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so then uh, one of the things I, I want to ask too was just overall... I know that you, you started working on the boxes and stuff. What, what have you learned about, I know you kind of sent me a couple of different pictures about the, the boxes that you've been creating, but what's the difference between uh, your, your, your boxes compared to the ones just like, like generally that, that's out there in the paranormal field right now? Because I know with the subwoofers, they're a little bit more, a little bit more amperage in there that you could use. Could you explain it a little bit more in detail for the audience? Well, yeah. Um... Okay, so really the majority of ghost boxes being used in the field by paranormal investigators, it's, it's usually, I'd say seven times out of ten, it's going to be either an SB7, which yeah. is, that's usually the case, yeah. um, or a Shack Hack, uh, which, you know, basically is a re in reference to any uh off-the-shelf radio that you can basically go in and clip the mute wire and the um, the beep wire and basically hold the net, the uh, tune-up button down and it'll scan. Uh, you know, so the majority the majority of your ghost boxes out there, that's what they are. And um, I think that works fine. I mean, I've had some of my best responses from from those types of radios. Uh, they're they're easy to carry around. They're convenient. Um, you know, they work really well, uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think the, the custom ghost boxes that, that people like me are building, yeah. I think they, they added a, a few other, you can add a, more layers to, to, um, the whole experience, you know, yeah. um, like let's say SB7. And, and here's an interesting, you know, I just learned this recently. Uh, this is how new I am. I didn't even know that Bill Chappell um, actually was the first person to hack a radio. Uh, so all these hacked, you know, hack shack radios that, that are yeah. out there, you have Bill Chappell to thank for that. He was also <laughs> the creator, you know, he, he um, well, it, he basically set it all off, but most people don't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Do you know that? <laughs> uh, not, not the, not the hack box. I know he created. I've, I've bought a couple stuff from him, but yeah, I didn't know about the, the hack box. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's. It, it, I didn't know it either. I learned it from uh, Tim Woolworth. He's a friend of mine. He was. Uh, he, he's the founder of IT Voices. Oh, okay. Uh, you know who he is, yeah. I'm sure. And. Um, He's like the guy when it comes to IPC, so, you, you know, uh, anything I do, I go ask him, hey, man, you know. <laughs> what do you think? What do you uh, think? <laughs> right, right. Has this been done? Or, or, you know, and 
so he's he's a huge help. But um, yeah, but you know, okay, so your standard ghost box usually scans forward or backwards, and some of them you can change the sweep rates. A lot of the shack hacks you can't. It's not that easy. Um, you have to go in and do a couple other extra things and be able to change the the, the sweep speed. Uh, you know, so it's usually forward and backward and adjusting the sweet speed. And, and like I said, that, that works fine. And that's the majority of your ghost boxes that are out there. Even the ones that people build, that's usually the direction they go with it. <clears throat> but uh, with, you know, I, I've learned from my time investigating that you can waste a lot of time on setting things up and... and you know, adjusting things, and I don't yeah. know how much time I've wasted just adjusting on, you know, the, the sweep speed, yeah. and, uh, if I want to scan up or down or whatever, and it's just too many options, yeah. like, so I wanted to make it easier, so what's different than from, uh, you know, from mine to somebody else's, or your traditional one, is that mine has one switch that makes it sweep, so uh, as soon as you flip that switch, it instead of giving you an option of going up or down it yeah. does both oh wow so, yeah so so as soon as you flip the switch it starts a cycle of it, it sweeps up from 87.5 to 108.5 and then it sweeps down from 108.5 to 87.5 and then I, I wrote a, um, a, a special sweep it goes in the middle of those, and it basically takes your entire FM band, and it starts uh, swapping the first station with the last station, and it goes all the way to the middle, and then it starts back over with your sweep from 87.5 up to 108.0. So that, that's, and I call it a multi-scan. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing, the main, the main thing that's different with mine. I'm, so I'm intrigued. I know we talked about it in the past, but... I'm, I'm interested in uh, in possibly working uh, buying one. That, that sounds so interesting. Yeah, because I know what you're saying. Sometimes you're doing an investigation and you're trying to go one way, and then you're trying to mess with it, and then it's most nine times out of ten it's dark. So you're trying well, to see. <laughs> yeah, you're fumbling around in the yeah. dark and you're wasting your time, and, and you know it's just it's it's just kind of a pain. So yeah. you know, my, like I said, mine's got the the sweep switch that activates the sweep and it's got a, a speed adjustment and that's that, yeah that's really the only, only adjustments for the radio side of it so hmm. i'm intrigued i'm intrigued yeah yeah one of my qu questions that my co-host she had to get up and grab something off the table but she wanted to ask um you're a fellow investigator what has been uh what location has been the most uh active for you i've gotten the most activity Oh, uh, well, well, I guess, um, you, get that camera. you know, I've been to some pretty, like, uh, popular destination haunts or whatever you want to call them, locations that, that you know, but I would call it the, the uh, Ghost Adventures Trail. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, <laughs> so, I think... When I spend more time at, at one location, it, of course, obviously, I have more experiences there, and yeah. as long as there's activity, and you know, I mean, you could go stay at you could go stay at Dracula's castle the <laughs> night by yourself, and nothing might happen to you that one night. But if you go do it in, for you know months on end, sometimes years, then yeah. you might you would definitely have more experiences. So you know, 
That being said, I think that uh, this we have a location right up the street here that we kind of found, and uh, it's a, a home that was built in 1887. And there's a lot of just crazy history just all around this house and in the house and it, you know there's there's a uh, there's some involvement with the the james brothers you know oh. frank james and jesse james with yeah. the family who built the house and there's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff that, that happened and I, I would say that place it's the uh patterson Man, uh, house in uh, smithfield missouri it, it, i would say that place probably has produced the most valid evidence for me so yeah. you know it's the most haunted now is it the scariest no it's not um, but it's produced like I said the the, the most evidence out of, out of any other place that I've really done so you do do your own investigations oh yeah definitely yeah I have a I actually I guess I should have said this in my <laughs> bio but no, that's fine. Um, I have ADD, so there's a squirrel that went by. That's fine. But uh, I founded Supernatural Inc. with my wife, Katie Stafford. So me and her founded Supernatural Inc. And it's basically a um, paranormal research organization team. It's, but right, we only have four members, so it's myself, Katie. Well, we have actually we have a few people that we've recruited on with us, but myself, Katie, uh, Renee, Rao is our um, intuitive. Uh, she's reads tarot cards. She does the whole psychic yeah. ability side of it. She's kind of the, the psychic expert and stuff. Um, Katie kind of handles the business side, of everything, and she's also an investigator and, and uh, awesome paranormal researcher and then uh, Doug is um, is my counterpart and you know we take care of all the tech stuff and he's also a like crazy genius electronics yeah. <laughs> expert guy yeah uh, I remember so his email he, he, he was going to be on here with me tonight but he's he had some stuff to do this weekend so um, yeah but uh, so that's that's Doug Pimblot's his name, his name, and uh, so that's basically our main team. And then we've we've had some other people come on that, that are kind of uh, new to the game, but are interested. And that's yeah. one one is Doug's wife, Betsy Pimblot, and then uh, Brian and Abby would be the uh, the newer kind of recruits that we brought on. So they're gonna film and stuff, you know, because this we wanna we wanna document what we're doing. Yeah. We're not we're not trying to get like a TV show or yeah. anything. We just wanna document what we're doing and put it out there. You know, anything that we get this interesting, not you know an hour of us sitting in the dark. Yeah. But um, it, yeah. When I get cool stuff, I'll, I'll put some together and you know. But yeah, it's, it's supernatural ink. That's that's basically all of us. We'll, we do home investigations. We do. Um, we go around. And we do you know a, a few destination places here and there. We've been going to a lot of cons this summer. Yeah, I was going to so, ask you a little bit about that. Uh, how's it? Because we're like you, kind of. We start the paranormal reality team, and it's kind of like the, the name of it. And we we do multiple stuff. But how did you get involved with the, the with the cons? Did you just the, the paracons? Did you just submit some applications to our network, or how did you get involved with some of that stuff? Because I see it constantly in your Instagram posts and, and uh, 
and so forth. Well, yeah, so the cons, no, it's, I used to be kind of against cons, right? Because, <laughs> 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 I, I don't know, it's just, um, like, some of them are kind of snooty and uppity, but, but all the ones I've been to so far were, were pretty good. Um, and we, we just, uh, it's, it's weird because... What, what was it? It was the Oddities Expo was was here last year, and um, what was it? The beginning of this year. It was the beginning of this year. But uh, the, Audit, the Oddities Expo was here in Kansas City, and they, um, Renee had already paid for a booth because she reads tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I was like, cool, so let's get another booth. So we got two side-by-sides. We had a big space, and uh, me and Katie said, oh, you know, we'll just set our equipment up, put out our equipment and our ghost boxes, and uh, talk to people that come in. I'm like, okay, so I guess that'll work, because even though people are there for the oddities type stuff, you know? Yeah. and we were the only paranormal investigators at that time. So, but it, it was cool because people, you know, they still watch all the TV shows. Yeah. They're still into it. So it was, it was that was pretty cool. And that's kind of what we got a lot of uh, exposure, I guess you could say. And, um, so we just somebody handed us cards and hey, you should go to this one. So yeah so we ended up going to two or three more but I mean we, we're not like special guests at most of them we have to pay for yeah. booths, so it's not like any anybody could do it yeah it's not, <laughs> it's no. not anything great really yeah. to be a vendor and, you know if you're a speaker or a special guest a lot of times you get paid and yeah. stuff uh, talk and whatever yeah but, tell you know, it's, not, it's nothing like that for me I'm, I'm just you know I'm still low on the totem pole no, no, I was just curious. I saw that. Uh, I, I know last time we were going to have you on a couple of weeks ago, but you were doing the, that show. But I was just curious, what's the route that you take to get into uh, into a Paracon, whether it be a vendor or a guest? Basically, you see, you know, you'll see the advertisements for them, and, uh, or like when you go to your first one, there'll be there'll be people there promoting theirs that's coming up soon or next gotcha. year or whatever. And, and then, you know, they usually have them, like, every year. So once you go to, to one, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you should come back next year. So basically, you just keep an eye on them. Gotcha. And uh, whenever whenever you see the post come up for the event, you, you just uh, go in there and buy a vendor table, man. Try mm-hmm. to, and the bigger ones will sell out fast, you know. Oh, wow. So you just got to stay on top, top of it. But it, it, gets, it gets really tiring. I'm extremely lazy, so that doesn't really go well with hard stuff. No, I agree. All right, all right, J- uh, KD. I was about to call you JD. KD. That's, uh, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we actually do something towards the end of the show called rapid fire. So me okay. and Luce rotate, and we ask you. Quick, out of the blue question. So, are you ready for rapid fire? I don't know. I'm a little worried. <laughs> so, uh, since I started first last time, I'll let you go. And so, it's, it's, yeah, it's anything random. So, uh, don't hesitate to say your answer in detail or as quickly as possible. Uh, okay. okay. I got it. Did you ever make a list of places to investigate? I did. 
Dracula's Castle, and um, yeah, I can't think of any other ones right now, but I know that's number one. Yeah. All right, my friend. Question number two. What is the funniest thing someone tells you when you tell them, yeah, I, I evade or I create ghost boxes? What's been the funniest reaction that someone's told you? What, you mean like the ones they used on that Ghostbuster movie? <laughs> slide out of the mm. um, yeah, Did you it. ever think that you're going to be here today making these ghost boxes? Or being an investigator? No, actually I never really gave it any thought until about four or five years ago. No, it's true. I think we could speak for ourselves too. I think no one actually goes into wanting this to be kind of a career, unless you're like a medium or something like that, but I could right. attest to that to that statement. All right, my friend, question number four. Are you ready? So, question number four. If you have opportunity to go, besides Dracula's Castle, to be on a TV show, would you take it? And would you be be able to do it overnight by yourself, like in the dungeon or something? Uh, yes, and of course. <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. I was trying to see. I mean, who, who wouldn't be yeah. on a TV show? Anybody yeah. who says, oh, I don't want to be on a TV show, you're full of crap. I, you know what? I'll attest to that because I see that all the time. People, yeah, you know, I hate. People are always saying that, oh, yeah. I was given the opportunity to be on a TV show, and I turned them down because they were going to make me fake evidence. Get the freaking crap out of here. <laughs> yeah. Exposure and the, the credibility that brings to you is oh, yeah, ten times yeah, more. You're recognized. People are, people are seeing your, your work, and, you're, you know, who does something for it to go unnoticed? I exactly. Mean, I totally agree with that statement. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause now, I was for the, now, for the final question... Um, do you like cats or dogs? Both. I like both. Oh. Uh, my, my, my cat, Tiger, he's probably diabetic and he weighs about 30 pounds. Uh, uh, that's an exaggeration. But he's, he, yeah, he's really fat. But he, <laughs> uh, he sleeps with me all day because I work third shift. So, I don't know, man. He's, he's like my, my, I don't know. You he's, attached, he's attached to me at the hips, I guess. Cats right now. I have, a, I have a dog too, so I feel bad. I feel like I'm cheating on him by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. And then the bonus, last question, I promise. If you ever, when you do an investigation or any investigation you ever did or do in the future, what would be the most intense thing that will happen, that could happen to you, that you for sure question being in the field? Like something so intense. Like seeing the devil or something. Yeah, I guess if I guess if I a possession a possession okay. would would make me think twice about staying continuing doing what I'm doing. If somebody close to me were ever to be possessed, that would that would bother me. I agree. I think that's I think us as investigators and you as well. I think that's the biggest the biggest uh, fear and caution that we take when we go into these investigations because like you said uh, you're there you're opening yourself up to this world and uh, I think that's the scariest thing I agree with that
Oh, okay. oh yeah, def- definitely. Like, you know, you hear a lot of paranormal investigators say, oh, no, I would, or like with Ouija boards, for example. Yeah. Oh, I would never mess with a Ouija board. Okay, yeah. well, you're kind of taking a whole section of, of the, the paranormal history and just saying, oh, I would never mess with that. You know, what? we didn't have ghost boxes and SLS cams yeah. and and all this other fancy stuff that we rem pods and everything yeah. else that we have that you know back then so you know that's what they did for yeah. a long time they do that throw down chicken balls you know yeah <laughs> so there's you know you can't swear anything off and some things are dangerous and that's just kind of the way it is and you it's, it's an occupational hazard if you yeah. ask me and if you if you swear something off and you just oh, i'm not gonna do that you know that could bad things could happen well it's kind of it's an occupational hazard, man. Yeah. It's kind of like if you, you know, if you if you're scared of heights, you don't go work on skyscrapers. Exactly, and I agree too. Just like for example, I've heard stories and read stories about even when you're messing with ghost boxes, you could, you know, something demonic could come through it as well. So just because you just continue one aspect of the field, anything could bring a demonic presence that if it's there. So right, I agree yeah, with there's, you. There's different mechanisms for for uh, things to interact or yeah. enter into your uh, in a realm environment but but I mean it's, it's, as far as the potential for any communication device we use yes if you start summoning things yeah. and trying to communicate with things yeah you're, you're opening yeah. yourself up regardless yeah. I agree KD well I want to thank you so much I'm going to leave your descriptions and some of the pictures you sent me and uh, we'll keep in touch, my friend, because I'm really interested in one of your your boxes. I have a, a event coming up where August in October. I'm going to uh, the Queen Mary, so I really would like to oh, get cool. yeah get one of your boxes for that investigation and uh, see what happens. Yeah, man, it'd be awesome. Just just let me know, man. Okay, I'll let you know. We'll keep in touch. All right, I'm gonna okay. do my my outro, and then we'll we'll let you go, Katie. Okay. All right, guys. That was another episode of. Paranormal Reality. Let me do that again. <laughs> that was another episode of Paranormal Reality Experience Podcast. Thank big thanks to KD for being on the show. We'll, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Any final words, Luz? That was intense. That was intense. Yeah, that was intense, guys. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Peace. All right, KD. I appreciate it, man. I know it's been a couple weeks we've been trying to do this, but I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. you doing no, it, man. Uh, hey, um, you're in Missouri, right? Yes, I am. All right. So next year we're going to be doing a lot more uh, going out in the field. And, um, yeah, I'd love to keep in touch, man. Maybe we could visit the Patterson House and some local stuff in your area for any time we're in Missouri. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how far from St. Louis? Oh, so you're closer to Kansas City, or? Yeah, we're in Kansas City. Oh, you're in Kansas City? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, my friend. All right, well, yeah. well, you enjoy the rest of your night, and thanks for your time. Yeah, man, you too. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you That's soon. Fun. Thank you.